for downloading the sermon podcast for Hope City Church in Riverside, California. For more info about Hope City Church, visit www.hopecityriverside.org. From the belly of that fish, last week, this is what we looked at, beginning of chapter 2. From the belly of that fish, Jonah breathes a prayer to God. And he prays from the depths of his despair. He prays with a heart of gratitude. And he prays filled with faith. Absolutely convinced that he was going to reach dry land and offer sacrifices to the Lord again. So this week what I want to do is I want to take a look at how God responds to that prayer that Jonah prayed. So turn with me to Jonah chapter 2. We're going to read the whole chapter, verses 1 through 10. Um, Then we'll pray and we'll jump into the message. It says this. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me, and all your waves and your billows passed over me. And then I said, I'm driven away from your sight, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head. At the roots of the mountains, I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon dry land. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we know that you are the teacher of the church, and we have come to hear from you. Illuminate the scriptures to us tonight. Give us revelation in your holy word, God, about what you would say to each one of us tonight, God, that there would be something that you would speak directly to each one of us, and Lord, that we would have ears to hear you. God, ears wide open to hear whatever you would speak. Lord, that we would receive the seed of your word in good soil in our heart, God, that it would be received and bear fruit in our lives as we leave here and apply and live what you've spoken to us, Lord. We pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So let's look at God's response. Last week, we we looked at Jonah's prayer, and we, we see all that. We see he's praying from this place of despair. He's in the belly of a fish in the ocean, yet he understood that the fish was his rescue. He says, God, you've rescued me. He's still in the fish, but he knew the fish was his rescue. And he says, yeah, I will again look on your holy temple. He's like, I know. I know that you're going to find out. You're going to fulfill this salvation. You're going to bring this to pass. Listen, this is a beginning. I know the fish is my rescue, and it's not fully done yet, but I know it will be. I know you're going to come through. We see that faith that he prayed with. We see that expectation. And so how did God respond to Jonah's prayer? I want to show you three things that we can just take to heart 
as we pray and as we seek God from maybe like Jonah, from a place of absolute despair, from a place of brokenness, from a place where maybe we've done it to ourselves. Maybe it's our disobedience and we've been running from God and we've gotten ourselves in this mess. And, and yet when we cry out to God, I want to see how he responds. Three things. Number one is this. God hears. When you pray, I want you, God hears the prayers of the righteous. Verse 2, he says this. He says, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol, out of the belly of the grave or hell or, or death, out of the belly of Sheol, I cried, and you what? You heard my voice. Verse 7, he says, when my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you. That is, my prayer made it to you. Have you ever prayed and felt like it was just bouncing off the walls? Like, I'm praying, but it's just, I, like three times this week, I've had different people say to me, you know, I'm praying, I'm seeking God. But I, I just feel like, I just feel like it's like hitting the ceiling and coming back. I just feel like maybe God doesn't hear. Three times this week. And I go, man, it's just, it, it, what a coincidence that that's our text for this week. What a coincidence. <laughs> it's huge. Can you think about this? Listen, not, not everybody hears me. Not everybody who listens to me hears me. Does that make sense? No? It's huge. Psalm 115, if you're just taking notes, it's a, it's a great psalm to read. Because it says, this talks about how we make idols for ourselves. And he says, you fashion them. He says, they have eyes, but they can't see. He says, they have ears, but they can't hear the things that you worship, the things that you run to, the things that you go after. They can't even hear you. It's like it's dead wood, and we can make fun of people for worshiping like a wooden idol, but we run to all kinds of people and all kinds of things who don't have ears to hear us actually hear. What's amazing to me is the scripture even talks about how God hears the prayers we're too dumb to utter or, we, or we're too, not dumb to utter, but we're just too, like, we don't know how to utter. This is like sometimes we just, you ever had the prayer that's just a groan? So scripture says, like, all I can do is groan. I don't know. I just make, like, noise. You ever been so exasperated in prayer that it's like, ah. God goes, I heard that. I heard that. I heard what you meant to say. It says the Holy Spirit is interceding for us in those groans. God hears your prayers. He hears your cries. He even hears the words you don't know how to form. He hears you. Every time you cry out to the Lord from a genuine heart in distress and whatever, you need to know that God hears you. And I'm not doing an in-depth study on all the things that can hinder our prayers. I'm just saying, listen, God's not, his ear is not shut to the prayers of the righteous. We're going to see that. How can this be, though? How can God hear me? With billions of people, why would God even care to hear me? How can God hear my cry in the middle of all the other people crying out to God? Listen, parents don't struggle to understand this. I could be in a crowded mall and hear my kid cry out from 100 yards away, and I know it's them. Parents don't struggle to grasp, grasp this. He's our father. He hears the cry of his children. There's never a time that a child of God cries out and God goes, I'm, nah. I don't want to hear you. He hears our prayers. He hears our cries. 
I'm, I'm absolutely convinced that one of our deepest needs as human beings is just to be heard. <clears throat> we have tons of needs, but I can, I'm convinced that one of our deepest needs is to be heard. This guy, Neil Cole, he's an author, and he writes this. All of us have been with someone who's a good listener. There's actually an entire industry based on people being good listeners, psychological analysts. Because listening is so needed and so rare, people will pay up to $400 an hour for a good listener. Isn't that true? <clears throat> My wife and I were having this conversation this morning, uh, and it was, it was like one of those, we, we were having intense fellowship. We were arguing or something. But she was just pouring out her heart about something, and I was kind of, and I decided like, oh, it's, our, it's both of our time to share, so you share, now I'm going to share. And, <laughs> um, and that was totally not what was needed. I just realized after I got into it, I was like, that's not, that's not at all what was needed. She didn't need me to respond. She didn't need me to say anything or share my opinion or counter her thing. She, needed, she didn't need me to solve anything. I'm a, I'm a guy. I tend to try to want to solve stuff. So she has a problem or whatever. She's stressed, you know, starts kind of pouring her heart out. And I go, okay, well, we need to do this. We need to, and she's like, ah, da, 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 da. And I'm like, well, why are you telling me then, you know? If you don't want me to, like, fix it, why are you telling She doesn't need that. She didn't need that. And she didn't need that this morning. She, what she needed was a listener. She needed someone just to hear her and go, I hear you. Like, I totally hear you. And I'm here. You ever been with somebody in just tremendous distress? You ever been with somebody when the family member has died? You ever been with somebody when something tragic or traumatic has happened? They don't need our words. Nine times out of ten, they don't need our words. They need our presence and our ear. How amazing to know that the God who created us doesn't need a thing from us, and yet we have his ear. Talking about prayer, uh, Pastor Tim Keller um, said this, talking about God being our father and God being the king of kings. God is a king. And, and he's talking about prayer and our access to God in prayer at any time. He's like, you can cry out to God at three in the morning and you've got his ear. Okay? He never sleeps or slumbers. And he said this, no one dares to wake a king up at 3 a.m. for a glass of cold water except a son, except a daughter. Think of it. If I'm just a, a, a minion in the kingdom, if I'm just some subject out there somewhere and I walk into a palace and I wake the king up and go, give me a glass of water, like off with my head, right? But imagine if I'm that king's little toddler. Three in the morning and I crawl in, I need a glass of water. <laughs> What's the king going to do? He's going to get up out of bed. He's going to, listen, not that God sleeps. Here's the point. We're children of God. He's the king of kings and we have his ear. He says we can run to him at any time. 3 a.m., you need to cry out to God. What are you going through? Pray, cry, know that he hears your prayers. Let's look at some verses here. First Peter chapter 3, verse 12 says this. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open or attentive to their prayer. It says the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open. Another tra your translation might say attentive to their prayer. 
but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Look at Psalm 34, verse 17. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all of their troubles. Isaiah 59, verse 1. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, or his ear dull that it cannot hear. It's like God doesn't have hearing problems when it comes to his children, when it comes to the righteous. God doesn't have hearing problems. You cry out to him. He hears your prayer. If you are a child of God, if you are righteous because of Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, he hears your prayers. He hears your cries. He hears your groanings. Amen? I'll high-five myself. That was good. Okay, number two. <laughs> number two thing we need to know. God hears is number one. Number two, God responds. God responds. Look at verse two. Again, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. It says he heard me, but then he says he answered me. Jonah knew the fish was his answer. He says, I cried out when I was going down. I was drifting down to the roots of the mountains, and the seaweed was wrapped around my head, and the darkness was closing in on me. He says, I cried out to you, you heard me, and you answered me. You responded to my prayer. Verse 6, it says this, At the roots of the mountains I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever, yet you brought up my life from the pit. God responded to his prayer. He didn't just hear him, he responded to him. God answered Jonah and he sent the fish. Listen, God may not always answer in the way that you prefer. Right? I've had God answer my prayers, and I go, oh, okay, oh, that's not what I meant. <laughs> I'm going to be a little bit more specific next time, right? Jonah says, rescue me. God says, swallowed by a fish. And he's like, oh, okay. You, God answered him. God answered him. Now, it may not have been the answer that Jonah wanted, but he understood it was his rescue. He understood it was his, God may not always answer in the way that you prefer. Leave how he answers up to him. Okay? God may not always answer in the timing that you prefer. What we often call, oh, God didn't answer. Maybe he did. Maybe it was just no. We, we pray to God. We ask for things. God, God can say yes. God can say no. God can say wait. He can say any number of things. Sometimes we say wait. It may not be the timing. Okay? God answered Jonah. But listen. Though God may not answer always in the way that we prefer or the time that we, timing that we prefer or that we're most comfortable with, he will respond to our prayers. He will respond to our prayers, Scripture says, in accordance with, with what is good for us and what glorifies him. He says he will work all things together for the glory of God. To those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose, he says, he says he will work all things together for our good. And Scripture says he does all things for his glory. All things that he would be glorified. And sometimes I just pray prayers that if God answered them, he wouldn't get glory out of them sometimes. And I realize that in hindsight. I've always seen, even when God didn't answer the way that I wanted or the timing that I wanted, that when he did respond or when I did see God's hand, what answer he gave me, I look back and I go, God, you did what was right. And you did it in a way that you got the most glory out of it. So let's, let's pray knowing he hears us and knowing he will respond, but let's trust him to respond however he sees fit in his sovereign wisdom. Amen? 
some verses to know that God will answer us. Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3. He says, call to me and I will answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. Don't you love that verse? I I love that verse. That verse is packed with promise. He says, you call out to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and hidden things that you haven't known. Isaiah 65, verse 24. Before they call, I will answer. While they're yet speaking, I will hear. God bless you. He says, before you call out, I'll answer. Do you see God's eagerness to answer the prayers of the righteous? Do you see God longing to see his will done in and through our lives? Isaiah 58, verse 9. Part A, it says, then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. God still answers prayer. Scripture says he delights in answering prayer. Jesus says, up until now you've asked for nothing. Ask that you may receive and your joy may be full. Did you catch that? He says, He says, I want to give you joy by seeing your prayers answered. So ask. I want to see you filled with joy when I just, uh, again, I'm a daddy. I understand this. I understand this. I totally get this now in a way that I didn't before I was a dad. I totally get this now. I go like, like when I've gotten the gift for my kid, like the thing that I know that's going to, they're going to freak out on Christmas. They're just going to like run around the block three times. Like they've had too much sugar, like screaming because it's an awesome gift. Like when I have that, it's ready. I know I want to give it to them. I'm dying to give it to them. I can't. It's like the hardest thing to not give it to them before Christmas. Like before they ask. I want you to see the picture the scripture has here. He's like before, like as you're still speaking, like I'm going to answer. I want you to see the eagerness of the father to give to his children, to respond to his children. He delights, and he says, ask that you may receive, and your joy may be full. Like seeing your kid light up, it's the, it's like, it's the greatest thing in the whole world. It's like God's this, I love that image of him. I love this picture of a father God who's going to ask, and I'm going to give it to you, and you're going to freak out. Your joy is going to be full. It's going to be amazing. Just, just ask. God hears prayers. Number two, God responds to our prayers. Not always in the timing and not always in the way that we want. God is sovereign and we are not. God alone is all wise and all knowing. We are not. So let's trust him to respond in whatever way he sees fit. The third thing I want us to see in God's response is is this. Only God can save. Like, how does that relate to prayer? Because so many of our prayers are like Jonah from a place of despair and distress and needing salvation, needing help, needing rescue. So many of our prayers are that. And it's so important to know in that moment that there is only one God who can save. There's only one God who rescues. There's only one God who brings our life up from the pit. There's only one God. Look at verse 8. Jonah says this. He's thanking God. This gratitude he's pouring out. And he says this. Those who pay regard to vain idols, they're forsaking their hope of steadfast love. What is he saying? 
He says, if you put your hope in someone or something else besides God, you are forsaking your true hope in the love of God. He says, you're forsaking your hope of steadfast love in the only God who can actually rescue you. And then he says this in verse 9, but I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you, the only true God. Salvation belongs to the Lord. He says, I'm not like these other guys on the ship crying out to some fake God who cannot hear, cannot respond, and cannot save. I am a Hebrew. He says, I fear the Lord God who created the heavens and the earth, the only true God. And when I cry out to God, he hears me, he responds, and only my God can save. All these false gods of the sailors couldn't hear them, they couldn't answer them, and they couldn't save them. But God, the true God, rescued them all. When Jonah cried, he rescued them all. You go, well, Jason, that's very exclusive to say that there's only one way to God. Listen, Anytime you say this is true, you're making a statement that is exclusive. You're saying everything else is false. So every truth claim is exclusive. So even when you say, I believe there's many ways to God, what you're saying is you're wrong when you say there's only one way to God. I exclude that truth. So every truth claim is exclusive. I said this last week. Christianity is the only truth claim. It's the most inclusive, exclusive truth. Because scripture says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is everybody. This is open to all of you. To all of you. Yes, it's exclusive. There's one way to the Father, through the Son. Let's read it. John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Well, Jesus, that's very exclusive. He's like, well, I'm sorry. It's true. It's true. He says, you're not going to come to the Father except through me. That's, there's only one way. Listen, maybe there's m- many, many, many ways to Jesus, but Jesus is the only way to the Father. That's as much as I'll give you because that's what Jesus said. No one comes to the Father but through me. There's one way to God the Father. It's through the Son. That's it. And speaking of Jesus, Peter says this. In Acts chapter 4, verse 12, Peter says, And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Whether we like it or not, there is only one true God who hears, responds, and saves. There's only one true God. There's only one way to that true God, and it's through the Son, Jesus Christ. Scripture is explicitly clear about that. And so if we turn to anyone or anything else to rescue us, if we're hanging our hope, our rescue, our salvation on anyone or anything else than the one true God through Jesus Christ, we will be disappointed. We will be like the other sailors on the ship. Life is crashing in on them, and they're crying out to a God who cannot hear, cannot respond, and cannot save Please hear me tonight. If you are in that place, there's only one person to cry out to, and that is the true and living God. 
It is the true and living God. To cry out to anyone or anything else is to forsake your hope of steadfast love. That's what Jonah said. We cry out to anyone or anything else. We have forsaken our hope in steadfast love. Verse 10. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon dry land. Look at that. Aside from the puke, um, Jonah's back on dry land. You catch that? Last week, we talked about how he prayed this prayer. He says, I know I'm in the belly of the fish. I will again look upon your temple. And I will go in and I will offer sight. He had faith that his feet were going to end up on dry land again. He said, God, this is just, the fish is just the beginning. I'm going to see the finish of this salvation. I'm going to see the end of this rescue. Listen, scripture says, now we know in part, we see in part, says we have the Holy Spirit, the first fruits of our coming. We can know that God will finish and finalize every bit of our salvation, every bit of which that concerns our salvation. Not just in the age to come. Yes, of course, in the age to come, eternal life. But scripture also says, we talked about this when we started this church, the first two weeks talking about hope. It says, I would have lost heart unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Jonah said, I'm going to put my feet on dry ground again. And look at this. He's on dry ground again. Amen. Amen. God finishes what he starts. God finishes what he starts in your life. Trust him. Cry out to him. Know he will hear, he will respond, and he will complete your salvation. Amen? Let's pray. Father, you're so good. Oh, God, God, we know that even right now you hear us as we're crying out to you, Lord. How amazing. What an absolute gift. How you, you don't need to listen to any of us. You, God, who dwell in unapproachable light, Scripture says you don't need to listen to us. But, Lord, you've opened a way. You've made a way. You've given us access through the blood of Jesus Christ that we can come boldly to your throne, expecting to receive grace and mercy in our time of need. God, we need mercy and we need grace when we've blown it. We need mercy and grace when we've been our own worst enemy, God. We need mercy and grace when we're in the pit, when we're in the mess, when we're drowning, God. We need your grace and mercy. And your scripture says that when we cry out to you, we have boldness to enter, to access your throne, knowing we're going to receive grace and mercy. Thank you that you are a God who hears our prayer. Thank you that you are a God who responds, God, in your sovereign wisdom and what is best to bring you glory. And thank you, Lord, that you complete the work of salvation that you've begun in our lives. And we thank you for this all in Jesus' name. Amen.